0: In today's episode, Sam
1: Litt and Dr. Kelly Crace are back to talk about rethinking gratitude. We are joined by Sam Litt and Dr. Kelly Crace. You guys have been diving into some interesting conversations about gratitude. So that led us to today's topic. Why don't you break this down for us, Kelly?
0: Yeah, thank you, Lindsay and Brittany. It's always good having another conversation with you around issues that impact flourishing. It came about in a conversation that Sam being a wellness ambassador, he's here in the building a lot, doing a lot of things for us, a lot of programming and a lot of work. And it's often a time where I really enjoy connecting with the wellness ambassadors and just asking them different questions about what are they noticing on campus? What are they noticing around areas of flourishing? And our conversation led to our awareness of this time of the year, where for many cultures, many families, many individuals, the next couple of months are often a time of reflection and of also being aware of things they appreciate or things that they're grateful for, including the people that they appreciate and the relationships that they're grateful for. But it led to a very different discussion. We had this very unusual but really endearing conversation around gratitude that just kind of sent us down this path of how does this relate to flourishing and particularly how does it relate to mental health? both with ourselves and with each other in relationships. I'd love for Sam to kind of give the context of how that conversation started, and then maybe we can spend a couple of minutes talking about why these things may happen and what to do about
1: it. Thanks, Kelly. Yeah, I think for me personally, I noticed these days are a time when there's just too much negativity in the world, and I found that when I could, spreading a little positivity didn't cost me all that much, and it probably meant a lot to the people who I could share it with. And I think I was maybe expecting that positivity to be received in a certain way. And what I found and what I observed to you is that everybody receives positivity differently. And some in ways that I was not expecting. And in ways that maybe not felt the best to me. The purpose of my goal here was to make other people feel better. So I was a little surprised when my own personal feelings came mixed up in the matter. And so we talked about what this could mean and why these compliments or these gifts or or gratitude or whatever it may be are being received in different ways by different people and ways that we might be able to frame that better both for the giver and the receiver of that gratitude.
0: Yeah, both you and I have talked about our own personal experiences with it. It's just a very human thing of what is seen as a very positive thing of me showing appreciation for you, whether it's through words or a gift, is that often there is a certain discomfort that occurs and what are the reasons for that discomfort? One of the things that's important to recognize is in the same work that we do around issues of diversity and equity and inclusion, thinking about it from a context of both intent and impact, that both are important, and also looking at it from a context of need and values. When you think about giving appreciation, giving gratitude, there can be all kinds of reasons why we want to do that. And it really kind of comes down to what is the intent behind this? And there are certain times where, for various reasons, I feel like I may need to do that. I need to show appreciation. Or I need to show gratitude. And maybe it's because I'm just moved in a very deep level and it just feels so right at so many levels. But there also may be other things that happen. That when it's at a need level, I could be going through a period of insecurity or a period of just needing to receive some positivity to myself. And I come up that maybe I feel uncomfortable asking for it. But maybe if I give it to others, I can get it back. And so it can be that type of thing where there's an expectation that's attached to it. And that can be when it's kind of a need level. Then there are times when it's a values level, where it just feels right for me, that it's important for me, it's meaningful to me, just as you described in a very lovely way, when all that was going around us was kind of wearing us down. And the opportunity, it just felt right to you in so many ways to just Express love to people that you care about and to things that you value. That's when it's in perspective. And that's really what we're talking about is the difference between something that sounds all positive. We really need to take time and reflect what's our why. What is the purpose behind it so that we can have it in a proper perspective? But the same thing exists with receiving gratitude, receiving appreciation, receiving love, receiving gifts. What does that evoke in us? And there are times when it's this issue of kind of humility will often come into play. And if there is any aspect of when it can be a need level where it's something that makes us really uncomfortable, that can happen for a number of different reasons. Is One, if we have an insecurity that we've not completely understood or had in perspective, because we all have insecurities, because we all live in an uncertain world. But think about the aspect of if I've been told throughout most of my life, either through my family culture or the culture around me or just different life experiences, that I've been told that I'm not enough. And I've started to internalize that at some level. And it can be in the form of internalized shame to where I start to actually believe these messages that even though they weren't true, I've absorbed them as true. So in a context of if I'm in this place of really not having a healthy sense of self because of what I've come by honestly in my life, to have someone actually show me value and show me affirmation, while on one level that sounds very healing and just what a person would need, it puts them right directly in touch with that conflict. That here, Sam is telling me how much he appreciates me and values me for just who I am, yet some of the most core people in my life have told me just the opposite. And there's discomfort there that we feel as conflict. I think the other thing it can do is when we feel a sense of insecurity about ourselves, which is basically that core thing of, am I enough? And believing that I don't think I am. If you tell me that I did a great job, one of the first things I'll think about is, one how great is that that you're affirming that? But the second thing is, are you going to expect this from me from now on? So there's this kind of fear. People that experience fear of failure also have a corresponding fear of success. Because if now I get this Acclamation for what I've done. Are you going to expect this from me every time coming in the future? So it makes me feel uncomfortable. So that's an example where our own sense of normal human insecurities can kind of create a moment of conflict and tension at a time when a person is just expressing a sense of gratitude. But the other kind can be this aspect of value. There are many cultures, um, the cultures around us from The country where we are raised, the culture we're raised, our family culture, where humility is actually a value. It's not false humility. It's not insecurity. It's I believe this is a right thing for me to act in ways that are humble. When we did our long study, over a decade-long study of the empirical assessment of values across cultures, during that time we did a two-year cultural sensitivity review with various cultures and looked at their values and said, are there any of these values that are coming up scientifically on our end that we're missing? And the most frequent answer that was coming up is, make sure humility is an important value that's assessed. And so there are people that actually believe that it is right for me to recognize that no matter how great someone is telling me I'm being, I always have more room for growth. I always have more room for improvement. Being the center of attention feels wrong at some level, but it feels wrong for values-based reasons. And so at that point, it can be a point of discomfort. What we were talking about is this moment of awkwardness that exists between the giver and the receiver. And what do you do about that? And I think two things that I would love for us all to consider during the next two months when we're reflecting about our lives and where we're going for this next year is to one, in a very compassionate, not judgmental way, is to kind of really challenge and look at the things that may cause us not to feel enough, that can kind of fuel that insecurity. And recognize and encourage people to redefine what enoughness really means for them. Enough can be defined by the noise of our culture of outcomes or expectations of others. And for me to be enough, that means I have to be able to meet Lindsay's expectations of me, Brittany's expectations, and Sam's expectations. And that can be widely varied. But what if we were to define enoughness as being about, do I have the capacity to clarify what matters to me? And do I have the capacity to act on it? And do I have the capacity to manage the stress of how hard that is sometimes? That's actually what being enough is. Think about that. If the cornerstone of adult self-esteem is integrity, then being enough means that I can figure out what matters to me and I can act on it. And that is us being enough. So encouraging people to reflect on... What may be getting in the way of them feeling enough and either reflecting themselves or talking with someone they feel safe or trustworthy or accessing some of the wellness resources that can help us in that journey. When it's a values-based level and we're just in this place of awkwardness that I don't like that you're giving me attention because at some level this feels wrong, it's about recognizing that if I constantly put that down, oh, it's not me, Uh, no, don't do that type of thing eventually that starts impacting you and your desire to want to connect and relate with me that I'm showing something vulnerable because giving gratitude and appreciation is a moment of vulnerability too. being able to say, I care about you and not knowing exactly what's going to come back. That's a moment of vulnerability. And if I've stepped into that moment of vulnerability with Kelly and every time it gets shouted down, some level that impacts me and it impacts our relationship. And so I encourage people where it's a values lens to do the courageous thing of being able to hold true to that value, but to think of the impact of your actions and to be able to just very clearly say some kind of response that makes you feel like you're being true to your value of humility, but also appreciating your value of concern for others and belonging with each other by saying something just as simple as thank you very much. That means a lot. Or thank you for your kindness. That means a lot. By doing that, it allows you to show appreciation and allows the person to receive that appreciation and at the same time being true to your sense of integrity around your values. When you hear it kind of described in that way, what comes to mind for you? How does that land for you?
1: Yeah, I think you've touched on a lot of really important pieces here. The the biggest thing for me is I think there's a sense of irony here where if, if I'm the giver of a compliment or gratitude, I don't want it to make you feel uncomfortable. My goal is the opposite of that. And so it's unfortunately ironic that it ends up being that way for some or most people that we feel a sense of shame or, or guilt getting this sort of gratitude. And so obviously if we want the gratitude to land properly, we don't want these negative feelings. And even though that's partly human, being aware of that trend is the first step towards acknowledging it and moving forward with it. I was reflecting on this on the way over here about what you can do tangibly with gratitude. And I thought of like when my grandparents would send me gifts as a kid, So on campus, it's kind of messy and complicated when you get a gift from a friend or gratitude from a friend. But when I got a check in the mail from my grandparents for my birthday, it seemed very clear what I needed to do. I would send a thank you card and I wasn't complimenting them back. I wasn't giving them anything back. I was just expressing thank you. Thank you for your gratitude. Thank you for appreciating me. And here's what I'm going to do with the money or describe to them how it impacts me. And to me, this seems like a very pared down version of exactly what we're trying to do. In this instance, we're just accepting the gratitude and we're not letting any of our own personal doubts or insecurities come into it. We're just seeing their expression as an expression of love and caring for us and expressing that to them just by saying, thank you. That model for me personally, in my own life, was just for, oh, this is what I do when my grandparents give me money. But in reality, that's kind of what gratitude really is, is when someone gives me that sort of compliment or that gift or whatever it may be to recognize what that means for them, that they've taken the time to express that love and that care for me and express my thanks for that and what that means to me without deflecting it, without trying to say that I'm not worthy of it or or it doesn't jive with my self-image to just accept in that moment what they're saying as their opinion and value that love that they're giving me is a really valuable thing that I think everybody can benefit from. And that way, when people choose to be vulnerable and they choose to give that part of themselves to someone else in that moment of gratitude, it's not a bad thing because I don't want to spend my emotional energy getting gratitude that's going to make people feel uncomfortable. Sure. All of that's not going to be productive in the long run. So if I can invest that emotional energy and also people can feel good about it, it, it benefits both parties, I think, at the same time. I think another key piece here that, that we should touch on is that everybody reacts differently. And even though we're all not experts at receiving gratitude, it's important to know that just because someone doesn't react in the way that you're expecting doesn't mean that what you did didn't mean anything. I think a great example is We compiled a whole bunch of notes for Lindsay at the office this semester, and I spearheaded trying to get everybody to put their stuff together. And when we first gave her the box, I was expecting a much bigger reaction, probably because uh, another wellness ambassador said, oh, she's going to break down and cry. She's going to freak out when you give this to her. (laughs) And her reaction was very muted and very contemplative, which is not what I was expecting. But I I recognize that this is a gift for Lindsay. And when we spoke about that later, Kelly, you told me that, well, Lindsay expresses gratitude in a very different way. And lo and behold, a couple days later, she sent a very heartfelt email to us. And then I got to talk to her about what the box meant to her at my next shift. And it was that long-term progression of gratitude that I didn't really know what to expect for. But you observed very correctly that everybody responds to gratitude in different ways. Everybody reacts to it in different ways. That doesn't mean that what you're doing isn't impactful or meaningful. It just means that our expectations are often wrong. And that's okay.
0: I love that. It's a great example. And it's also a great reminder of really when we're talking about flourishing, it's not about keeping everything in perspective all the time, 24 seven. It really is about compassionately catching and recovering, especially with everything that we've got going on in our world today. Every one of us every day is gonna slip into insecurity, slip into doubt, slip into need-based thinking and need-based feeling. And every one of us every day are gonna slip into our values and slip into an area of flourishing. It's about how do we wonder about those times and reflect on those times in a non-punitive, non-critical, judgmental way, but in a wondering way, so that we can just learn about ourselves. And like you said, when we're we're in this kind of need-based way of thinking, we often can misinterpret what people are doing or saying and what that means to us and what it means about us. Like, I didn't do this to make you feel bad, so what am I doing wrong to make you feel bad, that type of thing? Whereas when we kind of stay focused on our values and trying to be intentional about a healthy perspective, it allows room, it allows space for us to understand each other better. When we understand each other better, we're also healthier. And When we're healthy, we're more mentally healthy. To me, that's really what flourishing is, is that commitment to catching and recovering when our relentless world around us moves us into place that sometimes can feel insecure and how it creates irony like you described. But then how we can stop and bring it back and say, how do I think of this in a more curious, loving way?
1: Yeah, I think an important piece to emphasize here is that, as Kelly pointed out, these feelings of maybe shamefulness or not handling the situation properly are to be expected. I think that's not we're not trying to say that this isn't going to happen because it will. I think the key is. The way you put so beautifully is to catch yourself in those moments when you do something like that and then move to a better place of how can I appreciate this moment. And so it's not that you have to be perfectly present right in the moment when someone gives you a gift and respond perfectly. It's recognizing that if over Thanksgiving, for example, if someone says that they're grateful for me while they're giving thanks at a big meal, that's not going to immediately mean I just feel great about that. It might make me uncomfortable, but that's okay. Catching myself in that discomfort and responding in a way that can receive that love properly, I think, is what's really important. You're not never feeling uncomfortable because that's not possible. But what we do with that discomfort is really what's important.
0: Yeah, I love that. That's, it really brings it down to the heart of when we talk about these issues. We are talking about the beauty and the discomfort of expressed love. That's just a form that we struggle with at times. We struggle with how do we support people through grief and loss of how to do that right. We support how do we honor expressions of love. And so it is a difficult thing. But I I really appreciated how y'all managed those kind of things where it could have been so easy for the two of you to walk away feeling like, what have I done wrong? And instead, it was more of an openness to exploring, how do I understand this better? And how do I understand me better in it? One of the best interventions I ever had with someone just told me, I really get frustrated with you when I compliment you and just the first thing you do is kind of try to distance away from it. And when I knew that I was frustrating a person that was taking the time to actually say, you know, nice job, that I realized I didn't want to have that impact and it made me stop and really think the impact of my actions, what I thought was values-based. It was values-based expression without sensitivity to impact. And that's, I think, what is the important thing to recognize in these difficult times.
1: Yeah, I think bringing this most tangibly back to like something on campus, I think often students take time out to compliment what someone's wearing. It's a very small thing, but I think it means a lot when when someone comes up to you and says, oh my God, I love the dress you're wearing or something like that. I think our immediate response is to be like, let me immediately quickly think of something cute on their outfit so I can compliment them back. What you're doing there is you're deflecting. They took that time and that effort to come over to you and to say that. And a reciprocal compliment is not going to be as genuine because it's It's just a reciprocal compliment. And so you're kind of deflecting that energy. And so like you put, if you can take that moment to see and realize, well, this person's taking this time. They're giving this effort for me. Just accept that, I think, means a lot more for that moment, even though it might feel uncomfortable to be like, well, thank you. Thank you for complimenting my outfit. I'm not going to say anything back. I believe personally that that's the best way to go about doing it. And then you can pay that positive energy forward later in the day or something along those lines. That's my personal belief. Do you want to talk a little bit about the best ways to show your appreciation or some of the ways that you display that? Yeah, I mean, for me personally, I try and spread positivity in the little ways when I can. My mode of operation these days has been to try and just take a little time, to do a little effort that means a lot for other people. I think it's important to note, especially these days, that everybody's struggling and everybody has places where they don't feel great. And so if I can take a time to send a text or write a note or an email, it doesn't really take much time out of my day. But it can often mean a lot to the people who I'm giving it to or who are receiving it. And so I think focusing on taking a little time out of your day is the first bit. We all have limited time, but to put that investment in really can be worth it. The second bit is to be genuine about what you're saying. So if I'm complimenting a peer to talk about how they supported me one time or how they make me feel when I'm with them. If I'm talking to someone who's educated me to express what their education meant to me or the time that I spent with them, what that meant to me. Whatever it is that you're talking to them about, the genuineness is really what matters. If you're expressing genuine emotion and genuine appreciation, they can feel that. Like you noted, Kelly, if they're expressing things that are not genuine, that are I'm in need of something, they'll sense that too. And then the third thing is to not be afraid to give that gratitude because everybody's going to feel uncomfortable giving it and receiving it. And after we've talked about, that's just a part of life. But getting over that hurdle and saying, well, I'm being genuine. and I have a feeling here that I want. and I have the time to give this gratitude, to step forward into that place of discomfort. Every time we do that, we make our comfort zone grow a little bit. And hopefully the person who's receiving it, their comfort zone can grow a little bit as well. So just the other day, I sent out a blast of emails to my high school teachers who meant a lot to me. Because right now they're teaching high school in a time that's more difficult than it was. And high school teaching is already hard it took me an hour to write 10 emails and the emails that I've gotten back about how important it was to get this little note really meant the world to me. And it just showed that I just have to type a couple words and I can really change someone's day. I think that's an important thing to remember the power that we have to spread positivity in a somewhat negative world these
0: days. That's great advice. I would add a couple of things is one, taking the time with anything that you're thinking about doing, really discern, is it a want or a value or a need? If it's a want, it may be a preference that just doesn't quite have the psychological commitment behind it. And so it becomes almost a task to where, especially during these times, if it's culturally congruent for you to be in a time of gift giving around this time of year, it may be something that you're just trying to get done, especially coming off an exhausting semester. And I'm, I'm just going to go and get this taken care of and check it off my list. And with that doesn't come much meaning. You want to try to find the value that it has for you. How How is this important to me? Because with that, will become a commitment of energy, a commitment of psychological energy toward it. And it'll be for right reasons. It also allows me to take the time to get to know, instead of what do I think people want, is to get to know them well enough and to reflect on them well enough to kind of find an answer from their lens of what might matter to them, rather than, okay, let me go get this for everyone, calls, then I'll be done, versus... What might Lindsay most appreciate right now? What might Brittany most appreciate right now? Taking the time with that. But we've also learned you can overshoot it. It can move into a need. And when it's a need, then you're expecting something back. When it's a value, it's the expression of it matters. And the rest is all about icing on the cake. If I happen to express my appreciation to Sam a certain way, I have to define the success of that by the expression of it. Now, if Sam happens to respond in a way that is just lovely, I just might feel that a little more. It might be a little sweeter. It might be a little richer, but I won't walk away feeling like I did something wrong because it was at a values level. It was in perspective. And in the same way, if Sam doesn't respond, I may walk away temporarily disappointed, but if it's at a values level, I keep that in perspective and I don't over-personalize it. So being able to Distinguish between is this act of want, a value, or a need? And then the last thing is to keep in mind that sometimes the action can be internal and reflective. If I'm going through a very busy day and, and I don't have the resources or the time to go and buy a bunch of gifts and give them to everybody I really care about, I can take a moment and reflect on that person and think about that person, the meaning that they have for me, the appreciation that I have for me. And if I'm thinking about that every day for 10 seconds there will be a moment in time when I do have the space and the time to actually show that person through my action. Being reflective in that way is just as powerful.
1: Access William & Mary Health & Wellness online at www.wm.edu wellness, or download the William & Mary Wellness app.